I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 267. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizet, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Are you having one of those days or weeks, or months, or seasons, or years where you could just use some good old-fashioned good news? Well, Mercy Me's song, Best News Ever, reminds us that the gospel message is not only good news, but it is the best news ever. I can't wait to see where the song takes us in scripture this week, but before we do that, let's listen. Come on, you Okay, this was actually the bridge to the song, but it held the lyrics that inspired my direction for this week's episode. So you can go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 267 if you want to hear the entire song. Uh, you can follow my Spotify playlist to get the playlist of all the songs I've used so far in 2019. It's more than a song. 2019, I think is the, the name of the playlist. I link to it right there on my in my show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 267. Now, if you're new to the podcast, do not be surprised that this is the last bit I'm going to mention about the song. Because as the title of the podcast says, what's important to me is more than the song. And I was inspired to begin this podcast, actually, because I love hanging around new believers, and they are so hungry and open to what God has for them. And one of the very first things a new believer will often do is to change the music they are listening to. And I'll never forget listening to the radio and thinking about a friend of mine who was so new to God's Word. And I remember thinking, this particular song had a lot of lyrics that came straight from Scripture. And I remember thinking, man, I wish she knew the lyrics of this song that it came straight from the Bible. And the idea for the podcast was born. Now, you see, I don't want the songs that you're listening to on the radio or in your playlist to be the only Bible you know. But you can harness the power of the songs to remind you of time spent in God's Word. So when this week's song sings of those who are weary and heavy laden to come, I knew I wanted to head over to Matthew chapter 11 because that's what it says there in verse 28. Come to me. It's red letters. So Jesus is talking here. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. 
Now, I'm going to walk you through the Bible interaction tool exercises that I used this week, and I call these exercises bites. You can do exactly what I do each week, or you could just pick one bite out and try one bite at a time. (laughs) Now, if I ever suggest something that makes you feel a little leery of trying it, like sometimes I'll suggest that you read scripture to epic music. And if you might be thinking, huh, I would never do that. Well, if, if you're if it's a little uncomfortable about the bite, then try that one <laughs> because it's good to try new things and you're, you will never get different results if you keep doing the exact same thing, especially as it comes to studying God's word. Now, of course, there are some bites that are just good habits that will benefit you every time you engage scripture. And my favorite bite is reading in context. And for me, that means reading the chapter before the chapter where my focus verse or my focus text is, and the chapter after. So for our example this week, it would be Matthew chapter 10 through Matthew chapter 12. So I actually pulled out my Dwell app because it reads to me uh, audio scripture. YouVersion has free audio um, versions of the Bible on it as well. But it had been reading uh, to me through Proverbs. So I pulled up that app because it was kind of on my homepage. And I tried to pull up the book of Matthew. I actually have the free version of the app. So it wouldn't let me choose the chapter and verse or chapters that I was trying to listen to. I kind of got tired of fooling around with it and just let it play from Matthew chapter one, which was actually a good idea. Because do you know what jumped out at me when I listened to it this way? Matthew was very concerned that the reader knew that various things happened in the life of Jesus that was a direct fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. And he specifically uses the phrase, this was to fulfill what was said through the prophets. Okay, And he used that phrase 11 times in his book. And of course, I've read that phrase before, but when I started listening to Matthew straight through one morning, or at least a good chunk of it, it was repeated enough to really catch my attention, maybe not for the first time ever, but maybe in this kind of context or this idea, I'm thinking, wow, it's really important to Matthew that his readers understand that what what Jesus did or things that happened were, were to fulfill what was said through the prophets, were a fulfillment of prophecy. And I mentioned this, by the way, on a recent podcast, but the four Gospels were written with specific audiences in mind. So their primary goal is to reveal Jesus, all four Gospels, but with very different audiences in mind when they were writing them. And it will affect which aspects of the story of Jesus that they emphasize, the order that they put it in, um, and all of that. So all if you think about it that way, it's kind of amazing to think, that rather than them being incomplete accounts that are made whole by having four of them. So don't read the Gospels that way. Don't go read and try to fill in the blanks. Just realize that they are the same thing, the same story being told from a, a slightly different perspective or with in a slightly different um, for, because they're beginning with a different end in mind. Right. So they have an audience that they are writing to. And you don't have to be a scholar to recognize that it was important Matthew, that the reader understand that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. So I conclude that his audience would primarily be Jewish and would know of the prophecies. So actually, by listening to the book of Matthew, I used the Bible interaction tool exercise of listening to an audio version of God's word. And then by listening to it kind of from the beginning through where I was reading or really focusing in this week, I actually use the bite of reading in context too. 
Now, I really paid attention to what was happening around the time that Jesus taught that we're to come to him with our burdens because he will give us rest, right? That's the section that I want to focus in on. And a lot is happening leading up to this statement, and a lot goes on after, but the teaching does rather seem to stand on its own as a principle. So what I did um, in my further study, once I kind of listened to it in context, read it around, read around it in context, then I took the immediate context of the section. Now, section headings are not part of the original sacred text. Matthew did not have section headings. Uh, when he wrote this wrote this book out, but they are helpful study tools, and they do often aid in breaking God's word into smaller chunks, uh, which is really good. And so, the first time you read in context, however, I would recommend ignoring the subheadings altogether, even chapter breaks. Just ignore that because sometimes they distract you from the greater story. But in this case, you'll you'll see when you get in there that it's really a pretty natural break before and after. And so let's start in verse 25. This is that section that um, I focused uh, my study in. At the time, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my father. This is, you know, Jesus, all red letters. All things have been handed over to me by my father. And no one knows the son except the father. And no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now there's a lot in there and I want to give you a few tips to engage this section before we focus in on the part that the bridge of our song sings about. And the first thing I would ask, um, it, it starts out, it says the first thing, I, I'm, I'm sorry, the first thing I would ask is what things, right? It starts out by Jesus saying, I thank you, Father, that you have hidden these things. Well, what things is he talking about? And I can only assume it is the teaching that comes before this section. So you could spend some time in that previous teaching. Uh, he's also talking about wise and understanding people versus children. And in this instance, I don't believe that Jesus is speaking of literal little children. I think he's making a comparison between the supposed wise men among the people at the time, which were would be the religiously trained and the little children who are just the regular old folks. <laughs> okay. Now, it's not in the immediate context of this discussion, but the religiously trained in the days of Jesus somehow knew the words of Scripture. In their time, it would have been the Old Testament, the prophets. Some of them even had it memorized word for word, but they still didn't know it. They didn't understand that it revealed Jesus, the Messiah, standing right in front of them. And it's at this point that I want to explain something to you. I I take this podcast very seriously. I do my best to seek out wise counsel when I encounter something I'm not sure of. I have some training in Bible college, but I'm not seminary trained, but I read a lot. I read a lot of really old guys that other really smart people read to write their books today. Uh, but I grew up in, and I was born again in, uh, one tradition, and I'm currently in a church with a completely different theological basis than the tradition that I grew up in. 
And I have been known to change my mind as to what I understand scripture is saying throughout the years. And it's not because I'm fickle, but because I believe that God has revealed truth through his scripture that I didn't see before, or it's unpacked in a way that I believe is proven scripturally, something that maybe I was taught in word, but I hadn't understood the scriptural basis for, and now I do. But the Bible is always my guide, not what makes sense to me. That's a very dangerous path. But what does scripture say? And really, um, some of the more complicated ideas, what does the whole of scripture say? But I want to declare here that it, it, I want to rightly handle the word of God. And I do everything in my power to do that. But I need to be open that sometimes I wrestle with ideas in the word of God. And I need you to be okay when I don't know so that you can be okay when you don't know. And I want to say, stop jumping all over people when they're in the midst of wrestling through new ideas. Maybe it's something that you really have a good grasp on um, scripturally. And and then you get all self-righteous and judgmental when they say something that's a little bit off. Um, But also, maybe you're just not confident enough in any of it. Like that would never be you because you're thinking, I don't understand enough of any of it. And so I want to encourage you Don't shy away from having some I don't know conversations of your own. And I I say all this because I want to read the section again and you'll see why. So uh, verse 25, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and any one to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now here's a few things that jump out at me. God has hidden something from the so-called wise and revealed it to the regular regular folks. And no one can know God except, that's the one thing. And the other thing that I'm wrestling with is no one can know God except those who Jesus the Son chooses to reveal him to. Now, Jesus is the gateway, and we know that. We've read it elsewhere. I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? So we know that. But do I pretend to understand these things completely? No way. My question is, does this mean that these religious guys were hopeless because they would never see the truth because God hid it from them no matter how much they worked, no matter how much they wanted to know? I don't I don't know. This is, you know, God hid something and the only people that can know God are those that Jesus chooses to reveal. So that implies that he might not choose other people. Now, I hesitate to even discuss this on the podcast because I don't want it to discourage you. Like, I don't want you just to roll over and say, it's hopeless. God didn't choose to reveal it to me, so I'm done for. Because I absolutely don't believe that that's the application of this scripture at all. The Bible itself does not seem to have a problem with the tension between God's will and purposes and our choices. So I'm just going to rest in the tension today and show you what I see from here. So I'm sorry I brought up all these questions that I can't answer, but I do feel like we can rest in the tension and move on. 
you know, we get it. We see, we see here and in other gospels that the religious people of the age completely missed Jesus, right? I've already talked about that. In John chapter 5, verse 39 through 40, Jesus says this to the religious leaders. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come uh, that that bear witness to you about me yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Now my ears perk up when I read this because this is exactly what I call you to do each week. I call you to search the scriptures, to study and invest time. But it is always at the back of my mind that you could somehow miss it. But what does Jesus say here in John? You refuse to come to me to have life. What does Jesus say here as we rest in the tension of the, in, in, in Matthew chapter 11? Remember I said we're going to rest in the tension of the statements before. Let's look at verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I'm not sure about what goes on between father and son. And because they are infinite and I am finite, I'm not sure we'll ever completely know. But I do know this. Jesus calls us to come to him. Both in John, it says, you refuse to come to me to have life. And here in Matthew, come to me. So come to him to have life. Come to him to find rest. Now, when I use the bite of completing a word study, I I click on the word for yoke. So I go to BibleHub.com and I look up Matthew 11, 29, and I click on interlinear and then it pulls up the verse and um, it's kind of spread out because it has all of the Greek words that you can click on. I click on the word above the word yoke and it takes me to this word study tool section in that um, on that website. This is what I found. A yoke was a wooden bar placed over the neck of a pair of animals so that they could pull together. So figuratively, because I'm pretty sure you don't need to run down to the Christian bookstore to buy your yoke so that you can be joined to Christ. Figuratively, it would be what unites two people to move and work together as one. All right. So we've covered the idea that Uh, whatever is going on, father and son, we're going to set that aside. But Jesus is calling us to come to him so we can hear his voice. We have a choice. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Again, not not one at the Christian Bible, uh, the the Christian bookstore, but um, it's figurative. It's what's going to unite us to Jesus to move and work together as one. Now, why is Christ's yoke easy and why is his burden light? Well, because it's just like everything else God does. He bears the weight of all of it. But we don't do that. We run to all sorts of places with our burdens and our heaviness. We don't come to him with our, our when we're weary and heavy laden. We run to friends. We run to addictions, which, by the way, just add even more burden. We run to religion. We run to self-help. Have you been to the bookstore lately? Uh, self-help sections are, are taking over the world. But Jesus is quietly, gently calling, come to me. And if I keep reading in that word study uh, resource on BibleHub.com, Thayer's Greek Lexicon, it pops up and it says that a yoke 
is metaphorically used of any burden or bondage. And so the name is so transferred to the commands of Christ as to contrast them with the commands of the Pharisees. So you see, we're still going to have to submit to Christ's commands. All right. Uh, So what was happening is the people were feeling heavy and burdened because they were submitting to all these religious uh, burdens that the Pharisees had put on them. And Jesus like come to me that they still need to submit to Christ. It's just that Christ's commands bring balance, not burden. In first John chapter five, verse three, it says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So come to Jesus, find rest, find life, submit to his way of doing things. He calls us to learn from him. He is gentle and lowly. Another way to say lowly is to say God-reliant versus self-reliant. When we are weary and heavy laden, are we gentle with ourselves? I'm not. I'm harsh with myself. Am I God-reliant? No, I'm generally just in in my just-get-over-it mode, and I'm very extremely self-reliant. But Jesus says that I can learn from him and and I want to learn from him. I want to be gentle with myself and others. I want to be God reliant like my savior is God reliant. I want to submit to his way, to be joined to him, to be united to him, to work as one with my savior. His yoke brings balance, not burden. And I already know what burden feels like. So what's next? Well, I believe you could extract a whole lot more from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. We really kind of only touched it. So go ahead and meditate on it. Read Matthew chapter 10 through 12 just to gain the context of your focus text. Then sit in the tension of what Jesus is saying in Matthew 11, verses 25 through 30, while you meditate on verses 28 through 30. And then in that moment, you choose to come to Christ with your burden. Exchange your way for his way. That that this option is even on the table, it truly is the best news ever. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Michelle, email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat. My Facebook public page is Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Andrew from Texas and Sally Joy from Kenya, Virgil from the Philippines, Dan from Illinois, and Nikki from Ohio. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites. I put it all together in a one-page resource for you. It's just a really great place to start. And then subscribers will also benefit from an email. I send it once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You can get an email recaps of the week's episode and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my podcast from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes yet? Uh, This really encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. And of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. We are also on Joy 103 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can follow us on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Thank you.
Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Have Mercy on Me by the Portersgate Worship Project featuring David Gungor. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 267. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.